Often people in the math and science field say they just have a brain for it. But one Fordham instructor is trying to expand how his science students think by having them battle it out on the music scene. This is Fordham Conversations. I'm Robin Shannon. My guests today are Fordham University biology instructor Jamie Parker and one of his students, Nicole Margiata. We discuss how putting on a live music competition as part of an anatomy class helps these Fordham biology majors express themselves while learning. Help us understand why you chose to end your class in a music competition. You know, because a lot of times with information at the tip of our fingers, like, do we really have to memorize every single thing? And then when, we, then when they begin to prep for, like, MCAT or GRE, they're going to have to restudy these same things anyway. So why make them memorize everything that they're going to forget if they're going to have to mem- do it again later on? I'd rather them, like, get to understand, like, abstract thoughts and how to think differently and creatively, you know, first. And, Nicole, did this class help you do that? Oh, Absolutely. Um, I remember the first day, um, instead of everyone just getting a syllabus and getting right into the material, uh, Professor Parker had us all introduce ourselves. We gave our names and what we want to be in the future. Like there were people who wanted to be pediatric oncologists and orthopedists and everything. And it just, it got you out of, it got you outside of the books. It wasn't just like cut and dry material. It made everyone around you seem like, you know, everyone's a real person, a real student, with the same like dreams and ideas as you, um, or the same the same hope to achieve their dreams. Um, so yeah, there was there was more individuality than just in a regular classroom setting. So that got the ball rolling from the beginning. And Jamie, is everyone in your class pre med? Uh, we have you know some nursing students, some some health majors. But they want to go in the healthcare field. Yes. Yes. yes so why can I ask incorporate music into a science class? Um, I figured it was just something fun to do. Um, something interactive, something different um, that they probably, you know, wouldn't have the opportunity to do otherwise. And I think we want to get them to expand and explore as many opportunities as they can so they can kind of see, you know, if they like or dislike it or, you know, because sometimes people don't get enough opportunities. And I feel like while you're young in college, you need to explore them, you know, as much as you can. Okay, if I can quote your anatomy class syllabus, it says, the purpose is to help students conceptualize and present science in a way that allows them to verbally express their thoughts about their personal life, feelings about science, and navigate their way through science content. So why is it important for students to make this expression so personal? Um, Because, you know, a lot of scientists don't always have the opportunity to understand themselves because they're so busy understanding material for school so when most of their friends are having fun and doing all these fantastic things they're in their books and so you don't get that social experience you don't get to like really figure out what you're thinking or why you're thinking it and so just to you know even in the process of them writing their song like once they see those lyrics like oh like why did i write that like get them to like you know because then have them uh do a reflection question about it like oh you know what were your thoughts so just to get them like comfortable expressing themselves and also you know um if they have repressed thoughts that they never had a chance to get out and now they're medical doctors, that's kind of that's kind of dangerous. How so? No, just because it never it just I don't know. It's just they, they can uh, fall into a depression, you know, just if, if they ever had an injury or a breakup or parental issues. You know, I had a lot of students discuss their parents in their rhymes. 
You know, I had the students discuss physical injuries, how she hates podiatrists, you know, because he he didn't uh, diagnose her well. So she had to get like two more surgeries. So just like just getting it off your chest, finally, if you never had a chance to do it before. And also being able to explain and understand and maybe define how you feel or your emotions. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, because some people haven't had the opportunity to do that. Like we never had a class where it's like, all right, how are you guys feeling today? You know, like, it's just, there's not enough discussion in any course, let alone a science course. Nicole, did you find that it was helpful in getting certain emotions out or feelings or helping you identify those feelings? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's very easy to feel like a robot um, in school, especially in a pre-med curriculum. It's just, you know, study, sleep, eat, <laughs> if you get the chance to do those things and repeat. Um, so it was kind of like uncorking the bottled up creativity um, and myself, and I'm sure other students felt that way. Um it was a nice break from the books, and it just, you know, it helped you kind of put a piece of yourself into what you were doing, not just, you know, writing down answers on a test paper. Have you found most of your classes are more textbook-oriented? Um, yeah, I believe so, especially the sciences. Um, just like rote memorization, um, you know, diagnose this, uh, what's this malady, um, what's the Krebs cycle? It's like, <laughs> like, you know, the hundredth time you're doing something, or it's, you know, it's very easy to get, like, detach from the information because you just feel like you're spitting out words from a textbook. It gets it gets very boring and tiresome. So now you go from spitting out words in a textbook to kind of spitting out some rhymes. Oh, yeah. Because, Nicole, you actually had an opportunity to uh, battle on stage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How did that whole thing come about? Um, well, the assignment was to write a rap about any of the topics we studied in anatomy lab. Um, and I just always had an interest with the skeletal system. It's kind of cool. It's like a puzzle to me. Um, and eventually we all performed our raps and mine was selected to go up against, um, the best female battle rapper in the country, QB Black Diamond, who is fantastic. Um, and it was kind of cool because we were both out of our elements in a way I had never rapped before. The only exposure to rap that I had was watching Eminem and 8 Mile. Um, and then QB, who's like this professional battle rapper, she had to incorporate science. So we both went head to head and we both like came out of our comfort zones. And it just I think it showed us both that we're capable of so much more than like what we've dug ourselves into or what we see ourselves as. We can really expand ourselves. This is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. I'm Robin Shannon talking with Fordham biology instructor Jamie Parker and one of his students, Nicole Margiata. We're discussing Professor Parker's unique anatomy class that requires future scientists to compete in music battles. And Jamie, were you the one that helped set up this battle? Yes. How did you do that? Um, You know, I've had an opportunity to, I've always had a passion for battle rap and... I noticed that, you know, throughout my studies, you know, for the most part, something was missing. And, you know, when I was down about, you know, sciences and everything, it was battle rap that was kind of like keeping me going. And so I was like, why not combine the two? Because I don't ever want my students to be down. So if I'm enjoying this in my time of downness, maybe this will always keep them up. You and know. technically, how did you do it? Did you like call uh, the rapper and say, hey, do you want to battle my student or it was already set up and you got like, how did that part happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had met her in the past and like, you know, because I've been running, you know, um, different businesses for a while, I've had a chance to meet a lot of different rappers. And so sometimes like I have their contact information just in case, 
you know, and so when the opportunity came up and I was like, all right, you know, I got a good student, you know, I, I want to do something different, you know, let me just see what happens and I just, let me just put this together. And did you set up the whole battle or did you just say, hey, because um, this was at Columbia, yeah, correct? Yeah. So how did Columbia come into play? So right now I'm in the process of finishing my Ph.D. And so I work with um, Dr. Emden over there and he does something called Science Genius where he works with high school students. And, you know, I just felt as though college students were missing something you know, in their lives, and they need to be re-inspired. And so I said, listen, we need to add the college aspect to this as well. And so I just figured, why not go out, come out of the gates and do a college student versus a professional? Just, you know, like Nicole said, um, just to have both of them out of their element and just to see what happens. And I think the crowd really uh, appreciated it. People online appreciated it, just like the two worlds clashing and going against each other. And and that's what it's about, just bringing two worlds um, together and seeing what happens. How did you pick Nicole? Uh, you know, it was just, it's just about, you know, who I who I felt could represent uh, Fordham the best, you know, and and that's why I selected. So it was after her class assignment, after you heard it, and after she had been graded? Yeah, like once, a, once I, you know, I was always like got along with her throughout the class. And then once I heard her rhyming, I was like, oh, okay. She tried <laughs> to act like she was a little nervous, you know, and then she went up first, you know. <laughs> And then she just did so well. I was like, hmm. But, like, I didn't think about having, you know, her or anyone else go up against a professional. It was just something that was like, what would be a cool thing to do right. that would, like, you know, if, if some of the students heard about it, they would be like, oh, that's cool. Or, you know, or I want to do science now because they're making music about it. You know, like, just anything to keep people in science you know, it sounds almost like it. it was an experiment like hey let's see what happens exactly yeah exactly and but you know you know experiments have to be planned and thought out and, and discussed <laughs> and so it's just you know i tried to do that as well so nicole how did you feel when you found out you were going to go up against this this other rapper um <laughs> my heart dropped <laughs> it was so it was such a new experience to me um but i mean i figured it was it was something totally new um i could get a feel for it um something if i like it and it turned out to be really fun. It was really nerve-wracking <laughs> in the beginning because um, what I went up with originally in class was uh, very cut and dry, um, a whole description of the skeletal system, and that was it. And then I had to apply it to battle rap. So I saw some of QB's videos, and she was really intense, and it was really like interactive with the other person up there. So I had to tailor my, um, my rap a little bit to fit the battle rap um, criteria, I guess. Um, so at first it was more like a rhyme and yeah. then it turned into like this kind of rap with the, because you had your glasses on and you kind of tilted <laughs> your glasses and you kind of had that rock walk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was pretty plain to begin with. It was like, it was like an educational song to begin with. Uh, but then I sort of, I like added head, like an intro. shoulders, knees and toes. Knees and toes <laughs> more like or less. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I added like the intro. I threw in a couple of disses. Um, but yeah, I, you did. I kept the <laughs> I kept the science content uh, because that's what it was about from the beginning for me. So it was it was the chance to educate people and to inspire students who, you know, it's it's a lot of difficult information. But you put it into a song, it's easier to memorize, and maybe it'll inspire people to take up science. Like how long Professor did it, Parker said? How long did it take you to write the whole thing? Um, I remember writing the first big chunk of it in maybe an hour. Um, I always really loved poetry and rhyming, so you just pick two anatomical words that rhyme, and you fill in the rest. So it honestly didn't take me too long, um, but...
but I guess um, adding in all the other like rap battley content that was yeah. sort of out of my element did take a little bit longer. How so. did you get prepped for that? You did you just watch Eight Mile fifty million times, <laughs> or did you talk to people who rapped, uh, or what did you do? I did go back and watch the end scene of Eight Mile. It was really <laughs> good. Um, but uh, my brother's into music, so he kind of helped me out with that. We were discussing if I should put it to a beat. Um, he was helping me with the rhyme scheme. Best hype man in the game. Um, <laughs> What's your brother's um, name? Vinny. So thanks, Vinny. Was, <laughs> you could hear him on the video cheering. It's great. Um, so yeah, it was. It was more so like I just had to get a feel for what QB was doing. So I watched a lot of her stuff. Um, I watched Eminem and I had some help behind the scenes from my brother. But it was like, you know, when you sit down and you have the pen in your hand and nothing's coming, you yeah. just have to you have to find the inspiration somewhere. So it just takes a little bit of time, I guess. Did you win anything besides the battle? In my opinion, you won the battle. So did you win anything <laughs> besides you. the battle? Um, I mean, nothing, not like a trophy, but I mean, that's. You know, the trophy wouldn't really mean anything to me because I gained this new experience and I saw that I could step out of my comfort zone and do something that I never saw myself doing, but still, you know, come out successful and maybe even inspire a few other people along with it and teach people. So it was really the entire experience that was that made it all worth it for me. It was really a lot of fun. For the left leg of the song, we can start with the hips. The pelvic girdles, ilium, ischium, and pubis. At the top of the limbs, the largest bone of them all, is the femur that fits that socket just like a ball. Over the distal epiphysis, that patella glides in the tendon that stretches from your shin to your thigh. We gotta cruise on down the anatomical leg, where your tibia stands strong and even at waist. The fibula that articulates laterally, but it's so weak even Achilles would agree with me. <laughs> Twenty-six months to go, besides the ones that we've seen. I hope these last few lines will sweep you off through your feet. Underneath mine is precisely where I'm gonna squash you. But don't worry, we'll still be friends, just Nikki and Quasha. You got a talus at the end of the tibiar, resting posterior too, that navicular. If you went out on the side, cut the knees right behind. Three cuneiforms support a little extra spring in your stride. Throw those five metatarsals in the heart of your soul, and three phalanges more in every one of your toes. However, just like your thumb, your big toes only got two, only a proximal in the middle and a distal. Four middles in your shoe. Oh. <laughs> there you have it, my friend. That makes 206 bones in your skeletal system, each one perfectly fits together like a machine. Nature's great masterpiece. One billion years of evolution live inside you and me. I hope you've learned from my words. I thank you all for your time. Remember, knowledge beats swagger any day of the week. Forget your rhythm and flow. A textbook's what you should seek. Please don't forget all the bones that you subtracted in life. Words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Columbia. Good night. Woo! Jamie, what did you think when you saw Nicole up there rapping um, and winning? Yeah, no, I, I was just proud of her. You know, she was she was hitting her lines. She was doing it with finesse. You know, the, <laughs> the crowd was loving it. And um, yeah, you know, it was just I couldn't ask for, for a better performance from her. So I'd like to ask ask both of you um, to answer this. It's been said that people who like math and science are left brain dealing with facts, logic and linear thinking, while those who are right brain tend to deal more on an emotional level um, using like intuition um, and they're more in the arts and things. Do you agree, disagree? Where do you stand on that? Left brain, right brain. What do you think? You know, as far as the brain is concerned, um, you know, I, I feel as though that 
people can be creative, you know, in a lot of different areas. We just have to figure out, you know, what they're good at and what they're kind of passionate about. And, you know, like we were talking about before with the oranges of it and speaking of the brain, you know, people can actually uh, lose their ability to talk. And if they lose their ability to talk, in some cases, they can still sing, which is a, a phenomenon. So that means that we have the ability to sing, yet we can't talk. So that means that singing had to come, had to have come before, you know, um, uh, being able to talk. And um, so it's just interesting. So it's like if we have that, like such a predated idea of, of singing, then why not? Why why not incorporate it into the classroom? So you're saying you don't necessarily believe in left brain, right brain, or you do believe them, but you don't believe that one person is one or the other. Yeah, I don't believe. I think I think it's based on kind of like uh, phenotypic experiences, like kind of like what you're exposed to. I feel like you can definitely develop different areas. Um, yeah. Nicole, what about you? Um, I think people can definitely have a preference or grow up uh, fostering one side more than the other, whether they grow up like in an art school or science school, whatever they choose to pursue. But I don't think people are limited by any means to having one side of the brain. So I feel like it's almost detrimental to go around saying, like, I'm I'm left brain, so I can only do this, or I'm right brain, I can only do this. I think we can, you know, we can make so many more connections with the neurons in our brain. Like, it's we exercise it not that it's a muscle but you can make you can make new connections and develop new skills no one's no one's born a piano prodigy or you know that kind of stuff it takes practice so i feel like there's definitely people can have a preference but i feel like you could also foster the other side and get both of them working at the same time to produce something that like the like the rap battle it incorporates both sides and you get something totally different that's never been done before hmm. Uh, and Jamie, why was it important to make it um, a musical competition instead of like just a performance? Um, basically, because um, if you ask someone to run a mile, they're going to run a mile. But if you ask someone to race a mile, it's going to co- be a completely different race. And so just going head to head against somebody, you know, it just allows you to like if you're having joy or having pain, have a chance to kind of focus that energy i think a lot of times our minds are so scattered working on a million projects and we never have a chance to focus and so i just felt like if they had an opportunity to just like focus on one individual you know just to get it out of there just to get it out of their system and and compete you know it's just it'd be a different experience and so so usually how do classes anatomy classes run when they don't have music to them how how do they usually run (laughs) um you know, you come in, you do some experiments. Um, hopefully they're interactive to where the students are engaged. But, you know, I just recall, you know, in my anatomy class, you know, we just, you know, had to sit there and memorize some figures and some people would just leave, take some pictures of it and leave and do it. And it just felt like it was just nothing. It was like you open up a bag of chips and like the bottom of the bag is like, you know, all the chips at the bottom of the bag is nothing. There's nothing there. It's like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, it starts to make you question like, you know, your decisions in life. And so I didn't want my students to feel that way. <laughs> so yeah. So you decided to make your class a little bit more interesting than, than ex- just ex- a typical class. Exactly. So, Nicole, going back to um, the whole process and being in, in, in school, being in pre-med and usually taking these classes that are, you know, book focused. Um, how do you see this class 
changing the way you look at science or life? Or do you? Um, I definitely do. It was, um, like I said before, you can get into sort of a robotic state. And um, as Professor Parker said, his anatomy lab, you just you go in, you take some pictures and leave. And I think a lot of people in the pre-med field do it because they're inspired to want to heal others. Um, and I think it's so sad with the way the education system is that everyone's just fighting for a grade, um, regardless of what that entails, even if it's just like rote memorization of even something you're really passionate about. Um, so I feel like it, in a way, brought me back to myself, and it was it was inspiring. Jamie, you also have been working to make STEM courses more uh, interactive for high school students, you said uh, earlier, and college students. Tell me how you got involved with STEM in the first place. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I used to work at Montefiore Hospital um, in the dietary department, and um, I just felt like I needed more. Like I was going to go into you know, kind of public health administration. Um, and then just seeing like how, like some of the staff acted in there, I was like, gosh, I can't stay in this space, you know? So, um, can I ask what that means? One of the hospital workers said, all right, guys, you hear, you're not going to make a lot of money. Uh, med school is so expensive. It's going to take so many years to get it done. So I think people really need to just stick to their guns and have a valid reason and an inspiration for going into those fields and stick by it, regardless of what other people say, any discouragement that they hear. Um, I also think it's rough when a lot of the science classes, um, not all of them, but a few of them are very, very difficult. And um, not everyone's mind is really um, like oriented towards uh, physics or organic chemistry you know someone might be excellent at something but maybe not get something else and I feel like it's very easy to let uh, let yourself be discouraged because maybe one class doesn't make sense to you or you don't like something uh, that you have to study so are the classes themselves difficult or is it the way that they're re- being taught not connecting with the students I think I mean no, no one's born going organic chemistry makes sense. It's it, that just doesn't happen. It's difficult, so it takes some time, um, and I think it definitely makes a huge difference when you have great teachers like Professor Parker. And I know my organic chemistry teacher made it so easy to understand. Um, so I definitely think we need to uh, focus on who's delivering the information, how they're teaching these students, because teachers need to be inspired in order to inspire their own students. Um, it can't just be, you know, here study this. And I'm going to quiz you on it. I'm going to test you on it. And if you don't do well, you're not going to be a doctor. That's kind of rough. But I feel like that's how we think as students because we're so great oriented. Have you decided what area of medicine you want to go into? Um, I was looking into oncology for a while. Um, I'm also interested in like plastic surgery. Maybe I'll take on um, uh, maxiofacial surgery like my dad. Uh, but I was um, inspired recently. Unfortunately, we lost um, a little boy from my church uh, to neuroblastoma. So mm-hmm. pediatric oncology is what I'm looking at. Yeah. So. And you said that uh, people often say, oh, you're not going to make a lot of money. Yes. What do you say when somebody tells you that? Oh, no, girl, you can't you can't be a doctor because of A, B and C. Ooh. Uh, what would I say to those people? Yeah. Um, I mean, I always say it's not about the money, you know, yeah. because. I looked at a face with, you know, I looked at a face of a little boy with cancer. I saw his parents. It's not about the money to me. And I feel like it's not about money to the people who go into a field like that. So, you know, sure, it's going to be difficult, but it's not always about the money. Yeah. It's about the people. Well said. Well said. Jamie, 
Are you planning to continue having these kind of music battles in your classes? Or are you coming up with new ways to inspire students when it comes to anatomy? Yeah, you know, I definitely want to, you know, continue um, incorporating new ideas and into the anatomy course and other biology courses. I, I eventually want to make it so that all the schools or all the universities, you know, come together once a year and compete against each other. And the purpose of that is to not only, you know, hear, you know, great music and great content and see a great performance, but it's also to get these students to get to know each other and interact, you know, in a fun way. Because once you build those bonds with these, you know, phenomenal students from all across the country, you know, you're going to have, you're going to be able to stay in touch with them and see what they're researching, see what schools they're in. Then if you ever need to know anything, you can just make a phone call. And having the ability to just call someone who's an expert in the field and they're going to take your call, I think people don't really understand how important that is. And, you know, when I was only doing research, I didn't understand the importance of that. Because I was just a researcher. I'm like, oh, you know, I come in, you know, I, I do my pipette stuff. I do with the mouse stuff. I scan the brain. You know, I just I did my, you know, you know, my, my work. Um, but once I got into business, I started to see how important connections were. And I started thinking about it. I said, gosh, I didn't really get to know the importance of networking. It was never like, oh, guys, here's just this fun event. Go have fun. Like a bunch of science students. Like, and so if we could get the physics interacting with the chemistry and the chemistry with the biology, like who knows what type of things they could start talking about and, and creating. And so that's, you know. Like Nicole said earlier that if it's a competition, it might be hard to get people to say, no, let's share this information. We're not really competitive. We're kind of here to help each other, guys. Um, you, you know, even if pe two people are competing, like once you like get it out of your system, it's like you kind of want to hug each other after. And that's kind of what we saw on stage, mm -hmm. you know, and just like and you kind of like got a got a friend and like you always have that story. to, And then once you show people now they're hearing science. And so when we think about it, you know, when we hear different artists, you know, talk in different in certain songs, you know, T.I. had the song No Great Goose, If You Don't Get Loose, No Great Goose or No Great Goose If You Don't Get Loose. That made everybody go and get Grey Goose. You know, we didn't, nobody knew what it was when we first, but everybody wanted, that's, if it wasn't Grey Goose, nobody wanted to drink it. You know, so now, you so know. Now people got people drinking vodka. You want to get people, you know, doing music and anatomy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So now if we can let them hear concepts about the skeleton or the brain or building a bridge, you know, maybe we'll have people building bridges. Maybe we'll have people, you know, figuring out new ways to apply, you know, healing applications. So just any way to like bring it back to creating, you know, great products or healing people or. But know. going back to the idea of having uh, colleges um, battle each other, how many other schools are actually teaching anatomy and these sciences like you are with music that would be able to take part in a competition? Right, right. So I actually did a battle with Lehman College. I had one of my students go up against some students from Lehman. And so I kind of started it. You know, but I want to do it on a larger scale, on a consistent scale, like with a with a time frame. Like, all right, everybody, we know at some point in December, you know, this is this is going to happen. We're going to have, you know, 30 schools and we're going to have this profi and this and this scholarship and this, you know, these people are going to record it. And just like that type of energy about science, 
you know. So and, you're saying it's not going to necessarily have to be an anatomy or a biology class. Right. You're just going to put this proposition out there that somehow groups of people from these colleges have to come together and wrap science and then kind of open it up and see what happens is that what you're planning yeah i kind of want to make this sort of like a ncaa accredited thing <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. like because if we can have uh, uh debate tournaments you know if we can have you know competitive forensics you know why can't we have people making music you know too making rhymes about stuff like you know it's just there's really no difference if they can we can have debate we can have this I've had some of uh, my young reporters who happen to be Fordham students follow you after the rap battle. Have you become like this, you know, this celebrity in your own right with uh, people who've seen the battle? Uh, um, I, <laughs> I, Do you I, have fans, girl? Do you have fans? <laughs> I have not been asked for asked for autographs. Um, I didn't. I Yet. did gain a couple of. <laughs> I gained a couple of followers. Um, you know, nothing crazy. It didn't. It didn't blow up. The video does have like thirty thousand views, which yeah. is crazy to me. Um, but no, I'm I'm the same person. I don't know. Um, maybe I'll. You know, I'm trying to write some more of these songs for educational purposes, uh, other body systems. So we'll see after that. Um, but for right now, you know, small steps. I'd like to thank my guest Jamie Parker and Nicole Margiata. You can like Fordham Conversations on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter, and catch up on shows you've missed with our weekly podcast. For WFUV's Fordham Conversations, I'm Robin Shannon. Are the bones in your head, a few of them have a friend. Your parietal and temporal around your brain do they bend. You've got your nasal, your contra, lacrimal, maxillary, zygomatic, and palatine in your face. It's so angry. <laughs> your mandible and your vomer can get the job done alone, just like those spinal frontal echoid and occipital bones. Let me tell you about the ones that always got your back. From your atlas to your axis down the rest of the stack. It goes cervical, thoracic, lumbar, vertebrae. And you know 7125 is the pattern they make. Don't forget about that sacrum made of five bones fused. And the coccyx made of three put all together too. It could be. Can you relate? Now nah, you got no spine. Oh. Wow.